I'm Jane Copier, and you're listening to Happy in the Middle, a podcast for Christian women who want to make the second half of life the best half. This podcast is all about helping women to reignite their spark and step into their divine power in order to create deep and connected relationships and also find that fulfillment and satisfaction they crave. So if you're ready to grow, join me and learn how you too can overcome guilt, resentment, disappointment, and enjoy the fruits of creating a life well lived. Let's go. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode number 13 and how to apologize. I'm your host, Jane Copier, and I'm so glad to be with you. Welcome to 2024. Are you ready? I love new beginnings. I love new years. They're full of hope and promise for things to come. And I wish you all a happy new year and pray for the best blessings for you. I want to say a big thank you to Jetski26 for leaving me a review in iTunes. She said, I'm so thrilled to have this podcast and Coach Jane as a resource during this major transition time in my life. Midlife is no joke, and I'm so glad I don't have to navigate it alone. I can't wait to share this with my friends in this stage of life as well. Highly recommend. Thank you, Jane. Thank you so much. I know we have to use different pseudonyms or different nicknames for our passwords and things online. So I wish I had your real name to thank you, but I do so appreciate it. Thank you so much also for caring for your friends in the same situation that you're in. And thank you for sharing with them. Guys, as we rise, we lift everyone around us. So thank you for being a lifter. If you like the content here on my show, will you please leave me a review? It's very helpful in helping other women find it and take advantage of this information too. Okay, my friends, I have such a special episode for you today. My friend and coach colleague, Jill Pack, who is also a coach for midlife women, recently had me as a guest on her podcast, and we had a great conversation on how to apologize. Apologizing well is a skill that every human being needs to cultivate, but especially for those of us in midlife, as our relationships with our adult children and our spouses shift, and we have new relationships with other people, or maybe we have relationships that have fallen away and and need repair, it's really critical that we learn how to do this and do it well. As you listen today, consider where you might apply this in your own life. Is there something that needs mending? Start this fresh new year with a clean slate by apologizing if needed. I hope you'll really take the time to soak this one in and apply it in your own life. I use these tools myself and they are truly, truly life-changing. It really is the key to greater connection and intimacy. Enjoy this conversation. So here is my conversation with Jane Copier. All right. Here I am with my friend and coach colleague, Jane Copair, and I met Jane a couple of years ago at a life coach retreat, which was so fun and just been getting to know her. And I'm so excited to share her with you. Um, Jane, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and just tell us, yeah, tell us about you, why you got, how you became a coach or why you did and who you work with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my name is Jane Copier, like you said, and I am a coach for midlife women like you, Christian women who, who want to learn to love themselves completely and enjoy the second half of their lives. I find 
so many women, um, struggle with those transitions and relationships. I really do focus on relationships and communication. That is my forte. And so, um, yeah, I was brought to life coaching because of my own struggles in my life. I think that's the story for so many life coaches is that we all have kind of something that we've struggled with ourselves. We got the help we needed, and then we made this decision to pay it forward and try to help other people as well. And so that really is the story for me. I, um, my brother in 2007. So my history a little bit is like, I was a school teacher and then I became a real estate agent and been a realtor for 25 years now. But, um, in 2007, when the market crashed, my brother was, had become a life coach. And that was kind of before life coaching was even a thing. <laughs> He had to drive from Alpine, Utah to Denver, Colorado every weekend to take his training, which was really kind of cool. But he was also in real estate with me and a great mentor for me and taught me so many of those things that helped me at a time when my life was in a pretty low point. So I did a lot of work on my marriage, on my on my financial life, on just lots and lots of different issues and always wanted to to become a coach. But, um, at the time it just wasn't feasible for me. I was in the throes of raising a family and I had a lot going on. So in 2018, I made the decision I'm going to do this. It was, it was just time things sort of aligned for me. I decided to go to school and, and got certified and, and it's just the best thing I ever did. I just love, love, love this work. I love helping women. Women are my favorite. Yeah. We're the best, aren't we? Love, we, we are. are the we're the best. <laughs> and it's just so fun because I think a lot of times people think women are so competitive. And I think really, I think at our hearts, we we do want to lift each other. We want to help each other. We love each other. And, and there is this solidarity in kind of understanding what it's like to be a woman. And so anyway, it just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful profession. And I love the people I serve. I live in South Jordan with my husband. We have four kids who are all adults at this point. Our youngest is 21. And then we have four awesome grandbabies that live about half hour away. So we get oh. to spend lots of time with them and life yeah. is good. It's just good. Really, really a fun phase. I love being yeah. an empty yeah. You know, and I don't think like, ask me 10 years ago, if I would think being an empty nester woman in the mid season of life would be so fun. I probably wouldn't believe you, right? Like it just, it, I don't know. My expectation wasn't very high <laughs> of what it would be. Yes. Now I'm just like, this is amazing. This is so fun. Yes. Yes. Our, our brains tell us a story about yeah. the dread, right? Like yeah. this is going to be horrible. The kids are going to yeah. move away and we're going to be sad. And, yes. and we forget to be forward focused and find the gifts that happen in the second half. And it's, yeah. there's so much here, so, so much, much that's good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you have, um, a coaching practice and you work with women in the mid season, Christian women in mm -hmm. the mid mid-season of life. And right. um, Jane just released her podcast called In the Middle. Is that what it is? Happy in the Middle. Happy in the Middle. Yeah. If we got to throw middle. in the happy. Happy <laughs> in the Middle. So um, I will include links to to that so you can go and listen to that. But um, yeah, so fun. So um, previously, we kind of talked about this idea of learning how to apologize. And I just loved that concept. 
Um, let's, let's talk to that a a little bit. What, okay. What do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean? Like learn how to apologize? What does that mean? Yeah. Well, you know, in any relationship, there are going to be ups and downs. We're human beings. We get offended. We offend. It just is part of our growing process to learn how to, how to apologize sincerely and how to keep the the relationship moving forward. I think we live in a culture of cancel, right? Like if we are offended by someone, we just remove them from our lives. And I see this with so many of my clients. I don't know. I'm sure you experience this too, but lots of parents whose kids are just like, won't speak to them ever again, or they just withdraw from one another's lives. And it's just not healthy. It's Mm -hmm. not healthy for the relationship, but it's not healthy for us as individuals either. And so learning how to apologize is crucial to creating peace, not only for ourselves, but for our relationships too. And so what is an apology? Let's just break it down a little bit. Like an apology is something that we do. It's kind of an act of declaring our regret, um, expressing our remorse, our sorrow for insulting someone or failing them in some way for injuring them in one way or another for harming or wronging them. Right. And, and so it's, sort of this gift that we give. And a lot of the time we believe that the apology is a gift for the other person. But if we want to be emotionally mature, we have to learn to apologize for our own personal development. It's so important. So it's just one of those things that we have to learn as human beings in order to create more connection, more love, more understanding. And there's a lot to an apology that makes it good. Like if you have a kid and you say, and like, this has probably happened for every mother here. We've watched a kid like hit their sibling or something and they're angry. And we say, Hey, you need to tell your brother, you're sorry. Yeah. And so they say, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not sincere and it doesn't mean anything. Nobody is happy. It hasn't fixed anything. Well, a lot of us grow up this way and that is the form our apologies take and they're not sincere and they are meaningless. They don't create connection. And so learning how to apologize well is really a good part of, of our, that our emotional growth. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I just want to explore this thought for a minute. Like what keeps us from apologizing well, apologizing well? Yeah. Well, I think there's a few things that, that make it hard. Um, the first thing is there's lots of shame that comes with apologizing when we, when we've done something wrong, so many of us make it mean that we are wrong, right? That, that, I am deficient as a human being. I am not worthy in one way or another. It takes a lot of vulnerability to kind of expose those tender parts of us to say, yes, I was wrong. I would, I am flawed. I make mistakes. And when we can sort of in our brain associate that apology as a form of growth, rather than admitting that there's something wrong with us, there's something wrong with all of us. If we're going to be honest about it, like everybody's weird. We all do weird (laughs) things. We all have problems. We all are imperfect in so many ways. And so just acknowledging that is so healthy and so freeing. It's like when we're trying to hide our imperfections, 
that's when it's really, really hard to apologize. We have to have a strong sense of self-worth, um, not make it mean that there's something wrong with us. I think the other thing that I think about is to their societal expectations and pride perhaps. So like, how were you raised? What did your culture teach you about apologizing? Does that make you weak? Does that make you noble? And I've, I've seen lots of different um, scenarios where both are true. Um, sometimes you, if you were grown up in a really masculine culture, real men don't apologize, right? Or, or if you admit that you're wrong, then you're weak, right? It's, so it's a courageous act to apologize. It is a strong, courageous, emotionally intelligent act Whereas for most people, they associate it with a weakness or with being wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me your thoughts. Like, does that mean? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think what I see is it's, there's this, if I admit I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Like as a person, right? Like Mm -hmm. somehow me making a mistake or having to apologize means I'm just not good enough. And I failed as being a good human. Yeah. And, and so that can, like, if we admit that, then, then we're wrong where I love how you said, like, it, it doesn't change our value, our worth. We're all messy people, yeah, but we're also a hundred percent valuable at the same time. Like both are true. Yes. Amazing and messy. <laughs> yes. And when we can embrace that, it makes it so much easier to take responsibility for those things that we want to do differently or that maybe we can see that that's caused some, some harm for somebody. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that that kind of leads me into the, to the idea of what is a proper apology then. Right. So when we apologize, it's so important to really self-reflect, to really pressure yourself, to take an honest look. It pressures us to look at ourselves in a way that we might not feel comfortable doing. Nobody likes to, I mean, we all beat ourselves up, right? I mean, that's just kind of the tendency that we have is to beat ourselves up over things, but also to be really honest, not, not in the way that we're beating ourselves up, but just say, Ooh, you know what? I did this thing. I'm not really proud of the way it did. It doesn't make me a worse person, but I really do have to take accountability for what I've done to be able to reflect and find that peace in coaching. We talk about finding the 2% that you did wrong. When someone is hurt, they really, what they want most is to know that you get it. They want to know you understand, Hey, you have hurt me. And so an apology doesn't excuse our behavior. It doesn't explain why we did the behavior. It just says, look, I did this thing. And I'm really sorry. I take full responsibility for my part without blaming the other person, without bringing up all the other valid points that you might have as to why this was deserved or why this thing was said, or, or you did this. So I reacted this way. It like all of that creates more drama. It doesn't create connection. It, it, it's like, we're trying to, it's like a backhanded compliment where we're like saying, sorry, not sorry, but sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you if know? you wouldn't have done this, then right. I would never have shown up that way or would have done that thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's always, it's a justification of like, we've, there's this need to justify behavior. 
Yes. Right. And so it's like, if we can just even let go of the need to justify it and we just accept that that's what we did and that not that we loved it, not that we don't want to do differently, but just accepting responsibility, then, then we can move forward. There's so much power there. Yeah. So it's so so important to come from a clean place. So processing our emotions of shame, our emotions of anger, all of that, like we have to be sincere in our desire to repair. And so just saying, yep, I was wrong. Um, but the tone, the intention, all of that coming with the apology is what really, really matters. Words are kind of meaningless. They will fall flat if they aren't accompanied by taking that responsibility, feeling sincere, offering true apology, and then maybe even asking like, how can I make it right? Mm -hmm. How, what does it look like to make it right? So that's a question we can ask, like, what fixes this? Also, we can decide on our own. Listen, here's where I made a mistake. And this is what I'm going to do in the future to correct it. We can offer a solution. And the other thing, and I, I, this is something that I've learned through my studies. And I think it's, um, Harriet Lerner. I love her work. She has some really great books, the dance of anger. She has one called, um, why you're not apologizing. Like she's very good at relationship issues, but she talks about, um, um, requesting forgiveness. So this is something I really hadn't considered because usually when we apologize, it's like, we say, sorry. And then we expect the other person to say, oh, that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. But for a majority of people, they want to be asked for forgiveness. And so why we don't want to spend our time and we don't teach our clients to try to manage other people's thoughts. That's really their work to do. What we do is what we are responsible for is the energy that we show up with in the world and the way that we present ourselves and the way that we respect the way other people think and believe. And so if it's important for someone else that they, um, that we ask for forgiveness, that's a gift that we can give. That's a gift that we can say, Hey, listen, please forgive me. Mm -hmm. And then let go of whatever it is that we expect them to respond with. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's really so key when we say sorry and we ask for forgiveness, then we will expect in our brain, oh, they will forgive me. Right. But once I've, I've asked for forgiveness and I've apologized sincerely, my job is done. Yeah. I can, I can live in peace and integrity with myself. I've owned, I've taken responsibility for what is mine. And now it's, I let go of any need for a response or, or how this person's going to process that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. So many times we think, um, we, we just have this expectation about how other people will respond. And we have to understand that for a lot of people, they need time to process, right? We do our part we allow space. We just give space to people to react the way that they will. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, it's just, it's just all about personal responsibility. Um, I'm trying to think one of the most important things I think is in order for us to show that we really do get it, it's so important to be very curious and to ask the questions, really listen, to understand 
this is a hard thing to, to incorporate and also takes a lot of practice. And so many people are so uncomfortable to hear um, criticism or get feedback from someone that is negative. It's just so painful that they won't ask, they won't listen. But if you can pressure yourself to be a listener and really seek to understand where the other person is coming from, that makes your apology more meaningful because you can really express, look, I get it. I understand why you are upset and I'm sorry. I love how, um, president Nelson in, I can't remember if it's this recent talk or which talk it was from. It might be the peacemaker talk. (laughs) Um, but just this idea of bridges of understanding, right? Like I think curiosity forms a bridge Yes. because it's not necessarily, um, thinking something's good or agreeing with somebody that they're doing something or thinking a certain way or whatever. But if we can just get curious, we can create a bridge to understanding that's going to help us at the very least have an understanding of where that other person's coming from, which then helps us, you know, make sense of, of what's going on. But I just, I loved kind of that visual of, you know, with understanding, we create a bridge that curiosity forms a bridge to connect us, even though there's still, there's a river going through, (laughs) right? We're still on two sides of the river with different opinions or, or whatever, but that bridge gives us that common ground of, of understanding. And it starts with curiosity. Yeah. I love that. Uh, And here's the, here's the crazy thing. I was just coaching a client about this very thing this week, and she was just expressing so much frustration because she's got a daughter who has kind of shut her out of her life. And she's like, I am curious. I've asked a hundred times. She won't reply. Mm -hmm. And so there is this element that we can't be responsible for right? People will do what they want. Our job on our end is to do our part and then to not let the silence mean, make it, make it bigger than it is. Like we have to allow space for people to process and respond in their time. Um, just even if you want to apologize for something and they won't listen, you're like, well, wait, I'm here. I'm ready to apologize. And she's not allowing me to apologize that might be the case. Mm -hmm. So what now, how do I show up as my highest, best self? How do I continue to live my life in integrity with myself? If I'm allowing her response to constantly eat me up, eat me up, then I'm not, I'm not managing myself, right? It's not that we don't care. We clearly care or it wouldn't hurt so much, but my work is to find joy. And so allowing space, continue to reach out, not let the silence affect me so that I fall into a puddle of depression, but just knowing I'm doing my part. The door is always open when you're ready. I desperately want to hear. I really want to listen, but we really have to hear it. We have to be willing to hear the hard things too, because it's coming right. Yeah. When daughter decides she wants to be heard, she will come with double barrels probably. Yeah. Right. And so your work is to be prepared for that. Like how do you want to show up when that occurs? And something that came up while you were talking was just this idea of like curiosity 
isn't just about the other person is curiosity about ourself. Like those questions that you just shared were self-reflection was self-curious. Like, how do I want to be like, how can I give her space and still reach out? How can I show up as my best self? How can I like that? There's two parts of that curiosity. It's curiosity for the other's perspective, but it's curiosity about, okay, now what, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What kind of energy do I want to um, bring to my, the conversation that will eventually come? <laughs> right. Yeah. How do I, how, how do I prepare myself for that? How, what frame of mind do I need to be in to, to show up that way whenever it happens? And yeah. can a, can an apology be within at first? Like what if yeah. the apology starts here and you really mm-hmm. feel it? And so then when it can be voiced, you really do mean it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to always be spoken right off. It might take some percolating, (laughs) right? Right? Because sometimes we're not sorry. Sometimes we're angry too. There are often times when there is a disagreement or um, a problem, both parties are hurting. Both parties are hurting. And I want to say, cause, cause this is something we all grapple with. Like it wasn't my fault. This other person started it. They should be the one. Yeah. And I love to teach my clients, look, you can be the tall poppy. You can be the one in the field that stands a little taller. You can, you can raise your hand and say, I will go first. Yeah. And there's peace in that. And I think it's always so important to reflect on like our greatest example is Jesus Christ. What, what does he like? What would Jesus do? Isn't just a bracelet. It really is a good question to ask ourselves. Like what, how would he respond in this situation? How, how do I, as a daughter of heavenly parents with that, with that divine DNA, with that divinity, with that crown of glory on my head, how do I want to represent? How do I want to show up? How do I want to love? Do I want to love with conditions? Do I want to apologize with conditions? Do I want to be sincere? Can I be specific and clear? Can I own exactly what is mine? Right. I remember it was so cute. My grandma was hilarious. I just remember her. We lived in California. They lived near us and she and my grandpa were having a little spat one day and she said, I'm sorry, you make me so angry. (laughs) I was like, I had to think about that for a minute. I'm not sure that's an apology. (laughs) I'm sorry. You make me mad. I mean, like I, we've all felt that way. Yes. Yes. She was adorable. Yeah. I love that. Well, and in some ways it is like, it's a, um, this is getting to me, right? I'm sorry that it's getting to me. And sometimes that's the best we can offer, right? I'm sorry. I'm human. I'm having a human moment. (laughs) I need a minute. Let, please let me breathe. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of like spouting off like a whole string of infractions and anger is just like, Nope, I'm sorry. I need a moment. I'm not thinking clearly right now. Let me take a breath and find and recenter myself. And then we can talk. Yeah. I've done that so many times in my own relationships and just saying, uh, yeah, I need a minute and there's nothing wrong with that. Taking the time that we need to figure out 
how we're feeling and what what we want to do, what we want to say next with a clear head. Because really when we're that angry, all of the blood flow mm -hmm. just leaves the brain. We get in that fight or flight situation. We're not thinking clearly. Yeah. The, the blood gen literally leaves our brain. And so we're not at our best. We have to recenter. We have to breathe. We have to think and then make decisions from a smarter yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. I remember once someone saying, and I've, I've heard this since a few times, like, you know, we're set, there's that old advice of don't go to bed angry. Right. And it's like, oh, oh worst do. advice ever do go to bed angry. <laughs> do think about it. Give your, yes. like my husband says this too, like the sun always comes up the next day. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, give like things always look better in the light of the day mm -hmm. not at 10 PM as you're trying to, <laughs> you know, it's like, and I think we can, you can use that in any relationship, not just marital, but just like, maybe you got to have a space of angry away mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and revisit it, you know, give yourself that pause. Yeah. Um, something I teach my clients is the pause principle, right? And yeah. it's just, there's so much power in pausing and that apology will come across way better yeah. if you allow some space before and after it. Right. Right. Like just right. let it have its cushion of space. <laughs> yes. You know, and I think so many times we feel like we're owed an apology too. Like if I apologize, this person should apologize for their part. Yeah. And we, I get it. I want it to, we all in a perfect world would want that. But again, when we're waiting for someone else to do something in order for us to feel well or whole or happy, we're delegating again, our emotional health to them. And so it's so important to be patient, to be understanding, to set boundaries where needed. Like there's no, just because you are good at apologizing does not mean you're a doormat. Like we're not trying to say you must be the only one in the room and who cares about this situation. You have to take all the responsibility. That's really not it at all. It's, it's saying, I'm going to own what's mine. I'm going to take responsibility for that. I am going to show up for myself in a way that I'm proud of. And then I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to like allow it to be what it will be, but I lay my head down on the pillow tonight and I am peaceful about yes. what I've done. I love that you said that because I was just coaching a couple of people on this. And I, and what I did was like, let's go to tonight or mm -hmm. like the night after this thing happens Yeah, and you're laying down to bed. Do you want to be proud of who you were or are you going to feel like you didn't do what you would have liked to, <laughs> right. right? And so pitch, right. keep that end in mind when you lay your head at night. How do you want to view you yeah. in this relationship and how you showed up? So I love how you said that. Cause that's, I just think there's so much power to consider that because how many times have we laid our head down and we can't sleep Yeah, because of how we showed up in a relationship and it just eats us up. Right. Yeah. And so if we can keep that end in mind, it, that's going to fuel us to show up way different, regardless of how the other person is right. Really? Like if, if someone can be a jerk and we can still be sorry mm -hmm. for our part, <laughs> right. That's <laughs> we exactly love the jerky it. part, right. It doesn't mean yes. we love their jerk. 
jerkness. <laughs> we don't have to be mad at our jerkness. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think too, really cultivating an appreciation for the relationships in our lives is so important. Tomorrow's not promised. So many of yeah. us think, oh, this will, it'll work itself out with time. Yeah. But listen, when there's a an apology that's needed, it's a barrier. It really yeah. is a barrier. It yeah. is a wall that comes up between us and it doesn't go away until this is handled. Yeah. And it was so interesting as I was trying to like fix my relationship with my husband, when I hit that middle age area, I was just like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I want to keep choosing this. And, and I had, I had been, I had been pretty, um, self-righteous in our relationship, I think. And when I came to the realization of how I'd harmed my husband, how I had hurt him, oh, I was so full of remorse. And so apologizing to him was the most cleansing, beautiful, connecting thing that I don't, I think I've ever done. And it was, it was something that changed the whole scope of our relationship. And I'm living the fruits of it now. Like we are, we're the best. <laughs> we are yeah. the best. We have so yeah. much fun together. Yes. We truly enjoy each other. But if I hadn't done that work, if I hadn't made that choice to claim what was mine to own and take responsibility for ways that I'd harmed him, I don't think that I would be able to enjoy what I'm enjoying today. So mm -hmm. it's, it's crucial. It's important. And yeah. we don't have all the time in the world. We yeah. don't, it's just, it's just the fact of life that things continue on. And so it's so important to, you know, pray for that help, pray for, for that strength, like help me be the better person, be a better person, not the better person, not better than my, the other person, just a better person. Help me be strong enough to do this hard thing, to be vulnerable, to say, Hey, listen, I screwed up and yeah. my bad. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, I've talked a lot about this on my podcast, this concept of repentance, right? We're all very familiar with that yeah. term and we're commanded to repent daily. And it's like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> they have to repent every day, you know, but it's, if you look at the definition, it's, it's changing our perspective. It's seen as he sees feeling as he feels and doing as he does. And I yeah. think that totally applies to when an apology is, is needed, or we need to correct something, repair something, right? If we can get his perspective, if we can see that other person as he sees them mm -hmm. and even see ourselves as he sees us, right. Yes. That will help us show up in a way that is just feels so much better and, and infuses energy and beauty into a relationship that once was broken. But it yeah. really does. I think that's why we're commanded to repent every yeah. day, because who doesn't need a shift of perspective every day, especially totally. when we're in relation with other people? Like, yeah, we just need a constant, constant perspective shift because right. that's part of relationship. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll share something. This is a pretty tender experience, but it happened. And I think it's worth sharing because um, I think, I think so many people can relate to it, but, um, someone close to me made a comment about our religion, our church that was really, really derogatory and it was offensive. And 
I remember being so angry and hurt. And later that night in my bathroom, as I was kind of mulling it over, I'm getting ready for bed. Um, I just kind of said, I'm so sorry, God, I'm so sorry this thing happened. And I just remember hearing so clearly, don't be offended for me. I'm good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was so powerful. And yeah. Like we sometimes will, will carry a battle that doesn't need to be carried, right? Like mm -hmm. drop the war. How can we drop the war? Yeah. And if we'll just drop that end edge of our, um, tug of war and just drop it, allow, allow the other person to be right. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Just allow other people to think and be however they want to be and give them the grace and, and the gift of, of that and give the same thing that we want for ourselves, right? It's just exactly what we want for ourselves is that ability to think what we want. And, um, we, we get to choose, do we want to be offended? Do we not? Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. And, and it just makes you think of that scripture story, the anti-Nephi Lehites, you know, they're burying their weapons of war yeah. and it, you know, what are those weapons that we carry that prevent us from connecting with the people in our life or yeah. apologizing and big weapons is a grudge. Yeah. A grudge, right. Yeah. And it is a weapon because it does hurt us as well as the other person. It yeah. does spiritual harm. Yeah. Right. And don't so, you think like when you, like when you think of forgiveness, you know, and the savior says 70 times seven, it's because it's so important for yeah. us. Exactly. So important for us. Yeah. That's, that's it's everything. It really is. It's about living in integrity with ourselves so that we, we, are doing, or we're walking our walk, right? We're not just talking about being followers of Christ. We actually are, we are, we're doing what we say, which is to forgive seven times seven. And again, it's not a gift for someone else. It's the gift we give ourselves. Yeah. So there's two parts here, right? Like there's the, the person that's apologizing. And then there's the person that's being apologized to, right? Oh, yeah. Both, both sides of an apology needs um, needs that shift in perspective and that, and setting down the weapon, both sides need yeah. to do that. Yeah. yeah. So beautiful. But we can't require it from the other side. Right. 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 It's just, we got to want it for them because we know it will bring them peace. We know it will bring them, you know, joy and, and solace, but to require it from someone else is again, putting ourselves yeah. out of our lane. It's, it's not, it's not our business. Once yeah. we've given our apology, our sincere apology, we've given that love unconditionally without excuse, without, without explanation, without justification, then we're good. We're good yeah. with God because that's what he wants for us yeah. to be like him. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. So whatever side we're on, the person we look at is ourselves. Yes. How do I show up my best as either the apologizer or the apologizee? Like, who yes. is that person? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. This is so fun, Jane. I could talk to you all day. I know. It's we, so have great a, to see you. we have a similar niches and we just have a passion for helping women live their best life in this season of life. So I love it so much. So if people want to learn 
Well, let me ask this last final question. If there's one thing that you, and I didn't tell you this ahead of time, but if there's one thing that you hope that somebody would take from this conversation that they could start doing today, like just something that might help them moving forward in this process of um, apologizing or accepting apology or whatever, like, what is it that you hope these women take from this conversation? I think the very first step is always going to be to love yourself unconditionally. I think this is what holds us back in so many ways, but if we can love ourselves in spite of our flaws with all of our flaws, it's easier to, to love other people with their flaws too. And so it's pretty tough to apologize when we're already hating ourselves. But if we can come from that place of love and love ourselves and, and know that our worth is solid and good and that we are divine, like feel that to our bones, which I think that is the, the best work we do in coaching is to help women love themselves the way that they should. That comes first. It's pretty hard to drink from an empty well. So love yourself, not in a way that you're like, oh, I'm everything. And I'm, you know, conceited about it, but just really understanding I have value no matter what I do. It's, I was born with this value. It is, I am a hundred percent worthy, whether I make mistakes or not, that's just part of the human condition. And if I can make peace with that in myself, then it's much easier to make peace with other people too. Yeah. So true. So true. Beautiful. Okay. If people want to find you, learn more about you, tell us all the things, how can they find you? Uh, Yeah. You can find me at my website, janecopier.com. It's C-O-P-I-E-R like copier. It's just a funky Dutch name. And, um, you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group, a Facebook page, um, Instagram, TikTok. I am, I think the midlife coach on TikTok and I have a podcast, like you said, happy in the middle. So I would love to have you listen. And, um, thanks for having me today. It's just, oh, been it's so, been so great. Yeah, so fun. Thank you for taking the time to, to be on today. It was a really good conversation. And I think people are going to pull some really good things from it. So thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you, Jill. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, I would love it if you would share it with your friends and family and leave me a rating and review. If you'd like to learn more about what life coaching is, please schedule a free discovery call with me where we can work together through something that's causing you a problem. Just go to my website, seasons-coaching.com, and you can also find information about my Seasons of Joy one-on-one coaching program and my Seasons of Joy community. Have a joyful week and I'll see you next time. Hey, if you are ready to get unstuck and make your midlife amazing, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And I want to invite you to join my Empty Nest Academy, where you will learn how to transform your mind, your relationships, and your life. Come free yourself of regret and disappointment and be so much happier. Listen, sis, we've got one shot at this big, beautiful life. Let's make it amazing. Go to janecopier.com, that's J-A-N-E-C-O-P-I-E-R.com, and sign up today. And if you're not sure what's right for you, book a free consultation with me and we'll talk it over together. And we'll make sure to get you on the path that serves you the best. See you inside.